As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to another episode of No Buffs, a survivor podcast from the No Dunks Classic Factory, brought to you by Sleeper. I'm your Jeff Probst today, Trey Kirby, and joining me in this tight three, we got No Dunks super producer, JD. Hello. And from Crooked Media, anytime he's on the mic, it's money, Jason Concepcion. (laughs) What's up, buddy? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I called this a tight three, but I kind of think y'all are the numbers one and two here. You've been here for every episode. Who knows what's going on behind our backs? Jason and Jason teaming up seems like an unbeatable match. <laughs> uh, it's a tight. It's a tight two with us with the first name Jason. I'm trying to figure out who's going to make fire against who, uh, <laughs> and, and who's going to be sitting next to us afterwards. Well, I would be feeling good about the fire, but Skeets is out in Arizona right now doing a whole bunch of hiking. I know he got a new pair of boots, so it wouldn't surprise me if he comes back knowing how to build a fire with a flint and a giant machete. Shout out to the live tribe joining us here on YouTube. Get your subs on, drop a like, leave us a comment, play the game within the game that is the No Buffs YouTube channel. The numbers are growing. We'd love to see it. If you're listening later on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, like the show, leave us a review, or maybe, just maybe, guilt one of your friends into giving you their phone so that you can follow the podcast again. If you ask enough times, they'll give it up, it seems like. Anyways, we are here to recap episode four of season 41 of Survivor, titled They Hate Me Cause They Ain't Me. This was a (laughs) banger of an episode after, um, you know, kind of a standard episode three. This one felt like the best episode of the season. Uh, to to quote JD, uh, the uh, our survivor JD, it was money, but actual money. <laughs> it was actual money, <laughs> cash actual money. money, right? Actual cash money. Yeah, this was an incredible episode. We're gonna break down all of. It. If you got any comments for us, tweet them at us at No Dunks Inc. Send them to Jason N E T W three R K. You already know that. Or email us No Dunks at the Athletic. Send us some screen grabs, whatever it is. Ooh. 
We pick up action on day seven at the Ua tribe, the fallout from the Beef yeah. Walton vote. RIP to the Beef, we miss you already. And it has sent some shockwaves through the tribe, if I'm being honest. Genie, very upset that Shan led the charge to vote out Beef Walton in the previous episode. But then Shan, basically bragging to Genie, if I'm being honest, said, Brad didn't tell you about his advantage. You weren't his number one, which JD overhears. Then he's now mad at Shan for guilt tripping him in episode three because she was withholding info. JD gets his extra vote back and says, fool me <laughs> once, shame on me. You won't get a second chance. Spoiler alert, she got a second chance. At this point, Jason, did it even cross your mind that JD would once again give up his extra vote within 45 minutes of this happening? It didn't. Uh, you know, Shan was she was almost in trouble there when JD called her out because I think that was a good realization from JD that, oh, hold on a second. Maybe some of Shan's uh, reactions to things are not as sincere as they seem. Maybe she is amping up some of her emotional reactions to things and maybe she's not uh maybe she's not giving me the most uh, sincere and honest face forward uh but then he got rolled he just got rolled once again she like jedi mind tricked him again into into giving up his advantage again it reminded me of one time when i was a kid um i got caught out after curfew Mm. My stepdad rode past me on the street at like one in the morning as I was riding my bike and I was like, fuck, I'm caught. And I flipped it into, yeah, but mom, my all my friends are able to be out at midnight until midnight and it's like, I'm the only one. And it's like kind of not fair. I, sh- I, I understand that I shouldn't have done that, but like, and then what happened was I got my curfew lifted and that's what Shan did. She just flipped it. She got caught and she flipped it on him and- Wow. JD, I, very tough stuff from my guy, JD. That whole scene, uh, apparently, Jeannie went off. Like, we saw yeah. a little, little tiny sliver of it, but that uh, she was upset, throwing stuff, that whole back and forth, basically everybody yelling at each other. Yeah. And it seemed like watching it back after reading about that, uh, it was like Shan was at the end of her rope. Like, all right, enough is enough. Listen, you were not his number one, you know. And sure. uh, 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 me, like I, at the time, the first, like watching it, I thought, oh, she's finally messed up. I mean, Shan has actually right. done something wrong here, but it didn't seem to matter. I mean, <laughs> she's, uh, you know, she got away with it. Um, but yeah, I got. I think that was just literally out of just enough is enough pure frustration at that point after a very long day and a very long night but uh yeah i mean it definitely it was at that point it was tenuous for shan it felt like because i mean you're looking at the numbers you're like there's four people there shan has jd mad at her and also genie mad at her and we know the extra vote is there we see jd get it back he's never gonna lose that again he's never gonna walk back from the uh, from the ocean with a hanging out of his pants. This is gonna stay with him forever. They got Shan in the crosshairs. They could take Ricard down. Take your pick. The perfect team up. This is exactly what you need. This is exactly what I was worried about with 
younger players, this often happens. You know, I was reminded of JD specifically said, I want to evolve the game. I don't want to do make the mistakes that players have made in the past. I think, uh, you know, I, I Eric immediately came to mind, mm-hmm. uh, a, victim of the Black Widow's Brigade. And while this wasn't in the same class, it certainly was in the same genre in that you have a younger player who just gets bamboozled (laughs) and and utterly charmed into being ejected from the game. And it was, (laughs) he just, I mean, the thing is JD never had anyone else that he was playing with. There were moves there that he could have made. Genie's right there, like, let's flip the game. But he seemed, whether he was aware of it or not, so dead set on working with Shan that he couldn't extricate himself from the trap. Yeah, and to me, it seems like she must, as we've said a few times so far this season, like she just must be so good at building these relationships with people that everybody thinks that's that's my number one, right? Like they think if Shan is going to the final two, it's me going with her because everybody reveals secrets to her. And JD, as we see, just can't stop giving her (laughs) his advantage. He can't. He's (laughs) physically incapable of it. Oh, that was in the first 10 minutes. That was crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's legit fascinating to me that Shan's name has not come up as of somebody to vote for like that. At this point, it's insane. And, and in fact, There's been a lot of talk of, and I've seen this on social media, and I've seen it on the actual show, that Ricard somehow is pulling all the strings. And we got to get Ricard out because he's the one that's that's actually the mastermind behind all this. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have not seen that on the show anyways. Like, like, there's been no other than just his calm demeanor. I mean, the guy's dreamy for sure. Like, uh, I love looking at him and I love like, uh, you know, he seems like a very charismatic dude and he's very, it seems to be like the, the, the picture of calm, cool, collected, but it's always Shan that seems to be telling him what they're doing. That's the way the edit is, is, uh, is, is, is coming across anyway, but that, that is just astounding to me that no one has said, Let's get rid of Shan because she is the biggest threat in this tribe. At some point, Ricard needs to realize that he needs to flip on her. Now, Mm, that will happen at some... It's either she will turn on him or Ricard will realize he'll get that spidey tingle and he'll be like, okay, we need to do this. But that will be fascinating to see when it happens because I'm not sure Ricard has really laid the groundwork for a post-Shan existence here on the island what happens then that's coming and i can't wait to see it yeah yeah because he's obviously still mad about genie writing his name down in episode <laughs> one right like give it up buddy I'm ha- I, know, I, would, I would hate to see my name but come on i mean like she has to vote for somebody she can't just put nobody uh, yeah well don't forget right. that it's it's been four weeks for us but it's been eight days for them right yeah, so everything sure. is so fresh and it's it's so easy to forget like how fresh things are you know the but yeah, but I yeah, I agree. Like you he has brought it up in two subsequent tribal councils. So yeah, let it go, Ricard. Let it go. <laughs> they definitely seem like they're headed for some sort of a confrontation eventually. Jade or uh, Ricard and Shan. Like they seem to be I, I was thinking maybe they were kinda of on equal footing one and two so far, but I mean after watching this episode, Shan is in the clear lead, at least on that tribe. But mm-hmm. we got our first reward challenge of Yay! the season. Reward challenges are back. <laughs> and for the first time since the opening episode. 
Heather steps into a challenge, and this is a tough challenge, uh, particularly for Heather. What you gotta do, you gotta shoot a floater up into a trough, chase it through uh, a high-stepping course, and then make a catch. Uh, it looked tougher um, than I really think it was, because it seemed to me everybody was making super clutch catches. You know, like some of them were oh, like a Randy Moss where you catch it really yeah. smoothly over that. Some of them were like Willie Mays, you gotta dive out of it and get it. But uh, for Heather, you can see why she didn't sit out for most of these. <laughs> oh, yeah. She gets caught on the trough for five show minutes, basically. At one point, Jeff Probst yells at Heather, Dive! <laughs> dive for I gotta it. tell you, I don't not, in the, tool kit. not no, in the toolkit. Not in the toolkit. Dive is not in the toolkit. Yeah, so this is for reward. Eventually, Ua gets the reward. They pull off the win. They get a visit from an island survival expert. Yasa gets a single fish. But what did you guys think? JD, I'll start with you. What did you think about seeing Heather's first real challenge out there? I mean, yeah, what a what an awful debut after so many sitting out so many challenges. And I, you know, this uh, Jason, Trey and Skeets are used to my heart of stone. uh, And if I'm in a bad mood, I am I am absolutely ruthless when it comes to this kind of stuff. But uh, I was not buying this uh, inspirational uh, <laughs> moment that they From were Danny? trying to sell us. I listen. I felt I, this. Uh, I felt horrible for her. I was embarrassed for her. I wanted. Her, I wanted her to succeed. Then I was sort of moved by I, the thing that moved me was the way that the the tribe rallied around her and was like, "Hey, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay." But. I cannot handle the I can't handle the breakdown like it's like okay it's a it's a challenge you know it's yeah I know she's 52 but I'm 50 and I'm like go ahead go ahead (laughs) no I was just gonna say and first of all shouts to her for never quitting it get my Jeff Probst hat on right you never quit we we love that nothing gets Jeff's pineapples more engorged than someone who does not quit in a challenge. Maybe that, maybe like a, a, a young contestant who says they've been watching Survivor uh, since they were a kid. Maybe that. But I, 52, it strikes me that maybe she's a little bit of an old 52. Like Denise sure. at 50, <laughs> I have no doubt could crush this. Yeah. Like she was four feet plus short on every single like catch and, not and even close. I know, she was getting like, like halfway through the steps halfway through like michelle some uh, uh, douglas fur in the chat is noting that michelle also failed at this but she got there she just couldn't catch it like i was a little bit shocked at the lack of mobility i i was yeah. surprised at it that <laughs> like that was more of a 62 than a 52. That's just yes, me. Yes. I felt like you could have got through that. I, it was shocking. I was shocked. Yeah. She was never going to get it. And never. and she didn't give up. That's that's true. And I'm glad that she didn't give up. But uh, she hasn't done a single thing yet. Of I mean... Of course, you're not going to give up, right? Like, uh, like <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I guess I can stick this one out since I'll probably sit on the next. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she hasn't done anything yet, and uh, and it kind of but 
I didn't like uh, Jeff coming on screen and saying, well, if that didn't inspire you, inspire me to what? Like, <laughs> That's... never go on Survivor? Like, <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> Are you 55 years old? Do you want to be humiliated on national TV? Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's right. And then, and then it kind of, I, you know, she, in her confessional afterwards, it was just like, you know, I didn't give up and I'm like, okay, that's the bare minimum. I, well, I suppose the minimum is that you give up, right? But the bare minimum is not to give up. I mean, the Sari fit challenge, the challenge was over and she didn't give up. I mean, that's, that's right. That's different. And and then she spun she it in her confession. Right now, till this that's, day. <laughs> uh, that's that to me should have been the bar. Sit there and run it till you get it, Heather. I want like I don't care how long it takes. Don't drop that's to your right. knees and quit. Yeah, yeah. In, her, in her confessional, she's like, I'm really happy with what I learned, which was apparently never to try that challenge again. You're actually right. getting a ton of support, I would say, JD, from the live tribe. They are uh, saying you are exactly right. <laughs> I wasn't buying it either, but you mentioned it. A nice moment at the end for yeah. the Luvu tribe. Yeah. And in particular, Danny came over, seemed like the that greatest teammate of all time coming oh, over. Wow. We win together. We lose together. You can't win them all. Just a real tender moment from that guy. He shot up in my books a lot in this Me episode. What do you think, Jason? I, I, I thought that was not just a wonderful, heartwarming moment, but also like, a, you know, that is... If he gets to the end, that's a jury moment. People will remember that. That was not. That was like the perfect, uh, you know, Venn diagram of, of a Survivor move in that it was sincere. It felt authentic to who he is as a person. It was generous above all else. And then, great game move if anybody wants to uh, think about it that way. I will say, I think they missed an opportunity considering what happened in the immunity challenge to not run Heather back. Run it back. Oh, the that redemption was, story. That was the mistake considering the tack they were taking with the immunity challenge. Run it back with Heather and say, redemption. She's going to try yeah. it. We believe in her and she can do it. That's what they should have done. Wow. They, that's a great point, especially considering, I mean, ultimately they tried to tank the thing away. And like <laughs> looking at the difference between the two challenges, the reward challenge and the immunity challenge. I would make a pitch that the immunity challenge was a little bit easier, right? You would have been able to skip out. You wouldn't have to be the one who's doing like the pushing with your body of the wooden mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Just do the swim and throw the ring. Oh, that would have been the perfect way to tank it. I wonder if they're kicking themselves in films the next day. Danny, yes, Danny breaking down the tape. He's like, oh, bad, come on, guys. Bad rotation from the coach. <laughs> <laughs> Tibbs always plays his starters too long. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, the winner, like I said, Ua, they did an all right job. A couple of things I noticed here. Like I said, uh, you had to throw it up into that trough and catch it. And then you also had to get that ball to land on top of you know, like that ledge or whatever it is, yeah. the mm -hmm. door frame that doesn't have a door. You got to have a floater if you're playing in Survivor. I saw JD hit one. He hit one with an overhand flip. It looked nice. Jeannie, who shouted out her own basketball prowess in her bio or in her, her Survivor bio, hit two of them, if I'm not I'd love mistaken. To see it. Yeah. yeah, that was great. You got to get your floaters on because that's the way. The dinkers and the dumpers. So. And after. also, shout out, shout out to Tiffany because I think she nailed one as well. And she totally. actually did pretty well in that uh, challenge. I think it only took one attempt for her to get through that. 
So uh, I'm going to formally apologize to Tiffany because I went. I wrote her pretty hard last time, but uh, she seems to have uh, have improved uh, over the few days that they've been out there. Tiffany, when she watched Heather, subconsciously, her she just had her chest out. She was like, <laughs> "Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally." I got across. I got across. Yeah, exactly. Let's just remember right. that she was so relaxed and so confident after that display. Yeah, so the the wins happen, and kind of as you're saying, uh, we cut to Yasa, day eight. They're getting ready for to eat their fish, and Evie gives us a previously on Survivor, off the top of the dome, basically rattling off what y'all are saying. That, that was great. The Yasa tribe had struggled through the first. They got down to four, but then they're back. They keep winning, and the producers are cutting in the old footage. I loved this. I would yeah. love to see more of this. Jason, you're a fan as well? I, I was like, wait, what? what is this? And it wasn't until they cut to her that I was, I was like, oh, that's so fun. And it was it was pitch perfect. It got a little big brothery towards the end mm-hmm. of it, but it was the, the, for most of it, it was pitch perfect. That was so fun. I, I love, uh, I loved the edit in this episode and the way that they were bringing people in that maybe weren't directly involved in the run of play throughout the episode, at least the way the episode shook out, and getting them their moments in this. And that was a great one for her. I love that. Yeah, for sure. The- this sort of well it's always this show has always been very meta but this season in particular it's so incredibly self-aware flashbacks within flashbacks uh the you know taking taking the the shantham the the shan's uh evil theme and running with that running with the uh with the 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 preview that we're talking about now it's uh these are the big swings that i'm enjoying about this season uh, they seem to have eliminated Jeff talking to us as well. So uh, they, it sounds like seems like they can take a note as well. So I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So a delightful visit with the Yasa tribe. Not only do we get Evie's recap of the previous three episodes, we get Tiffany bragging on herself like y'all are saying, basically saying, hey, look at how good we're doing since we got rid of Voce. <laughs> yeah. She's right. She's totally she right. right. <laughs> they can't stop winning. She says she's food motivated. Shout out to that single fish. If that was your reward, would you be happy? I mean, you're getting a fish, you're getting protein, but it's just one fish for what? There's four of them? You get a quarter fillet? It looked good after they cooked it up with the help of Nathan dipping it in the coconut uh, water was like a brilliant, I think I'll use that at home. I will say I was a little bit like, is it out there in the sun for the whole challenge or do they put it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. does it go into, yeah. <laughs> does it go into like an ice chest? Like, is it just there under the leaf? Like I need to know that, but otherwise it, it looked uh, quite delectable when they were, uh, when they were eating it. Yeah. you need a little power. Just to be the, my, my hard ass character. Let's pump the brakes a little. You haven't won anything yet. Have you a yes, a, I mean, have they actually come in first in any of these challenges? Uh, I, think I don't think so. I don't think so. Not last is a win, though, right? I, I mean, it's the Sandra I Diaz twine. Sure. Anybody but me. <laughs> okay, okay. So we then also at Yasa, not only do we, they get their little fish reward, they also get a nature reward. Turtles migrating oh, to the ocean. An incredible scene. 
And of course, narrated by Evie, as she was saying, how they became a small tribe, but they kept fighting and fighting and fighting. They make it to the ocean, a little planet Earth. I thought that was great. Then we get to the Yua tribe. They get their reward visit visit with uh, Fijian Nathan, who cracks coconuts wow. barehanded. He Wait, goes fishing. Can we just do? Can we do the rest of the show on cracking the coconut barehanded? What the <laughs> fuck? This guy what? was incredible. This guy was incredible. This was like uh, I think Jeff told him like as they were leaving for him to come. He, he they're like soak it up, soak it up, see what this yeah. guy can do. And I'm thinking. What are they going to learn? Are they going to totally. learn how to actually do this? What of these <laughs> skills are translatable? Because, like, he scales up uh, a tree, he gets the fruit down, and then he comes down head first, Cirque du Soleil style. That was uh, just incredible stuff uh, from Nathan. But I'm thinking, like, if you're watching this and you're trying to learn from him, like, you're trying to take away just a couple of little things. Jason, what besides, because I agree, like, he mentioned a food preparation. You're not getting recipes yeah, no, in, <laughs> in a reward very often. What else would you really want to learn out there? Well, I think the, the the use of his legs when he's climbing the tree, I think, is mm-hmm. is the main thing probably that I would have taken away from that. Listen, it's it, spearfishing is a lot easier when you have the spear it's unclear to me that they have the gear to actually go fishing Mm. um which by the way as a small aside very notable that we haven't seen clips of this sort of thing yet this season the survivors in the water trying to get fish such a staple of past seasons haven't seen but i think that um you know use your legs when you climb the tree that's the simplest one i don't think that there's any world in which you are going to be able to crack a coconut with your bare hand. <laughs> that should be, that should be, instead of building a fire to get into Final Tribal Council, they should give you a coconut and be like, open this, no tools. <laughs> right. I, don't think, I do get not think it's drink happening. the milk. JD, did you learn anything from that segment? Yeah, well, uh, exactly what you guys just said. Um, you know, it would be like LeBron James trying to teach me how to play basketball. It's just like, here, take the ball, dribble it down the court, and dunk it. You know, and uh, it's not just not happening. I'm not breaking a coconut with my bare hands. I feel like uh, part of me feels like they just sent Nathan in there because we. They, I think they do have fishing gear because they want it in a challenge, right? But nobody's fishing, so they're like, we got it. We got all this underwater camera stuff. The guys are just out there. Let's get. Let's send Nathan in and get shots of him fishing so we can actually get some of these uh, these shots. Because nobody was fishing with him. that We didn't see a shot of one of them, uh, you know, following him and, and learning how to how to actually spearfish. So, you don't want to uh, take the ball out of LeBron's hands. You don't want to take the spear out of Nathan's hands. Because when he came back, the guy had like a thousand fish and he looked like he'd been fishing for 10 minutes. He's like, it's simple. You just go when there's low tides. Duh. Turns out the fish are in the ocean. Have you guys tried that? <laughs> yeah. Just uh, throw there? it at him. But uh, that was, a f- you know, fun stuff from both of those tribes. And I think it's interesting because it feels like not much advantage content this week. You know, the whole first half of the episode in episode three involved finding advantages, going to extra vote island. And this one, it was all action, baby. It was the challenge. We had the disagreement uh, early in the episode. And then, you know, a couple of tribe life kind of visits. Did you enjoy the change of pace from Advantage Festival in episode three to straight up Survivor? It felt like to me in episode four. What'd you think, JD? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I loved it. Uh, it was a nice reprieve. 
Um, you know, there's still we didn't get uh, to hear the the butterfly line, unfortunately. This uh, no butterflies. <laughs> this, the yeah, um, un- unfortunately. But uh, I guess he saw that beef was was gone, so there was no point um, at that point. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I love I love camp life. I love that stuff, and I feel like it, you know we've talked about it before. But it's it's the one thing that's been missing from from this season. So uh, yeah, it was great that we it was great that we didn't have to go hiking over a mountain or go to a haunted village in the middle of the night uh, and just actually play the game of Survivor. And uh, you know, I was happy to see a reward challenge, even if it was for a single fish. You know. <laughs> <laughs> a single, single fish and some fish. skills you'll never master. <laughs> That's right. What do you think, Jason? Less advantages? Did it pay off for this episode? I, yeah, I loved it. I mean, this was it was a classic Survivor episode in its format and the structure, and it felt great. It felt great to be back into a, you know into a rewards challenge, the regular cadence of what we know from Survivor, that kind of post big vote you know, argument at camp. It felt like a classic episode of Survivor. And you could feel, I think, also that production felt comfortable in what they were putting out there. They knew how to Mm -hmm. edit this material. They knew how to put this together into something they were comfortable with, something I've done a million times, and it felt like an episode of Survivor. I really loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great, and I'm feeling like this episode is great and a classic as well. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're talking strat. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Back with no buffs, and for the first time in a long time, we are back with the blue tribe, Luvu. We actually get a stop in with Luvu to see what's going on with them. (laughs) Turns out, they're bored. Just just super bored over at the Luvu tribe, never voting anybody off. Sydney can't make a fire. She gets really upset about it. And literally that's all Erica needs to start gunning for Sydney. She immediately goes to Deshaun and says, she is too emotional. We got to get her out of here. See how upset she got trying to build that fire. Of course, Deshaun is close with Sydney, spills the beans to her, and Sydney is not surprised to be targeted because in her words, she's the threat of threats. She's savvy as hell. She's good looking. She's a physical threat. They hate me because they ain't me. Bars. Jason, is she right? Is Sydney a threat here? Sydney is a threat to get the Abby edit. Mm. Uh, Ooh, considering yeah. that uh, that little display, uh, I heavy Abby energy. I'll just say that you hit it, uh, Trey. I think it's just sheer boredom. 
they are bored. They've been winning. They've been sitting around Nasir throughout games too. They've, they're not going to tribal. There's no reason to throw out names. There's no reason to do anything except stay strong with their numbers post-merge and then dominate the game. But they are just sitting around, sitting around, wondering, should I be making moves? Is my resume going to stack up to everybody else's resume? And Erica really made what was a, a just a pure, unforced error right here. You're not going to tribal. There's no reason to do this. If anything, the move is a Sandra move where you do things that make Sidney's emotionalness more obvious to everyone else, right? So you do it so that it exacerbates it and then let other people draw their own conclusions. But, But being quiet for the entire, seemingly the entire game and then all of a sudden being like, hey, I got an idea. Sydney, it's not going to play well and it did not play well and I think it's really just pure boredom. They're winning too much and this is what happens. So you're saying you would have liked Erica to just keep it under her hat. Maybe target Sydney, but more in an indirect way. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Sydney's going to be uh, crying every time she can't start a fire or something like that happening, you know, maybe... Uh, <laughs> Find reasons cons- for her to build a fire. Console her in a way that makes it seem like we're going to be have to... We're going to have to console this person all the time when they can't make a fire. There's ways to do it that point out the thing without you naming the thing. And I think that was a mistake. You're not going to tribal. Why are you doing this? What do you think, J.D.? Did she play her hand too fast here? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100 percent. I mean, the move here for Erica is to patience. It's patience is the key. And just to let Sydney implode. I mean, Sydney's the one that's having these temper tantrums and and uh, these outbursts for no reason. I mean, f- I'm sure it's frustrating not to be able to make fire, but you know, it's day eight or nine. You'll get it, Sydney. But uh, sh- if if you just allow somebody to walk around camp and just rub people the wrong way, I mean, yes, Nasir seemed pretty annoyed with her, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's all you have to do. I mean. The f- and, you know, uh, Skeets mentioned it uh, on a previous episode where there was a deleted scene where Heather is actually doing exactly what uh, Jason is describing, which is basically uh, subconsciously incepting yeah. uh, the, the rest of the tribe by saying, I had a dream that you were mean to me or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> or that you stole something. And uh, and, th- and that subconsciously puts attention onto Sydney. So so we already know that Sydney is sort of borderline irritating people at the very least, right? So, uh, and Erica, I think uh, Jason is exactly right, just got bored or not not necessarily bored, but impatient and be like, yep. let's play the game. I haven't had a chance. I don't, she even said in her confessional, I don't even have a torch yet. I like, I don't feel like I'm playing Survivor. So, so let's get this going. And then there's a flip side of this where, you know, for people who who are new to Survivor, it can sometimes be a bit of an advantage not going to uh, uh, tribal councils so uh, uh, for so long because you really don't know where the lines are drawn in in the tribe, like who's with whom. Uh, you know, sometimes you need that first vote to to shake things up and and and, and let you know where you stand. And I don't think Erica. Obviously, she doesn't know where she stands because she went to the exact wrong person to, <laughs> yeah. to suggest this. And having spent so little time with the Luvu tribe, like we don't necessarily know who's locked in together 
Uh, Danny and Deshaun have kind of been together since day one. They did the water challenge together, so they seem like they might be tight, but I didn't necessarily know that Sydney was going to be part of their three-person alliance that seems pretty strong on that side, and apparently Erica didn't either because as soon as she mentioned it, right to Deshaun, but it feels like Deshaun is feeling a little bored as well because he starts pitching the idea, (laughs) maybe we should throw this next challenge coming up here. You know, he doesn't have his torch yet either. Maybe the survivor experience feels a little incomplete until you're sitting there with Jeff being grilled on these kind of questions. So they start thinking about maybe this next one is not so bad if we have to go and vote. You saw how poorly things went (laughs) during the reward challenge earlier today. Danny, though, is a little bit too conflicted considering he's led his whole life up to this point trying to win every game he has ever played. Jason, would you ever throw a challenge if you're out there on Survivor? No. It would have to be the perfect circumstances, but it just so rarely turns out the way you want it to. As we saw last night, it did not turn out the way that they wanted it to, and you risk alienating Jeff, you risk alienating your tribe if it comes out. It's too unpredictable. Just vote somebody out. You know what I mean? Like, just figure out a way to do it or or marshal, you know, your social game and do it that way. But it's it's too unpredictable. I personally would never throw a challenge. What about yeah, you, Jay? Yeah, I'm... I'm uh, <laughs> you said uh, getting on the wrong side of Jeff... I think that would be the number one reason why yeah. I wouldn't. I just didn't wouldn't want Dad mad at me. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> like it would. I Gotta would give be, some respect to Jeff. Exactly, hanging my head, walking into that travel council, knowing that he knows that we threw a challenge. And also, mm-hmm. I I don't have enough confidence. I know me. I would never feel safe enough to to actually. Uh, you know, throw a challenge and be and know that, oh, yeah, we're we're just going to throw the challenge or we're going to vote Erica out. And it's going to be simple as that. I, I would never have the confidence to do that. And like you say, Trey, it, this is this is where we're 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 reaping the the uh, uh, not reaping, but we're suffering the consequences of all these twists and, and advantages where we just have not spent enough time with Luvu. I don't know why Erica would be what, what like I don't know where where the lines are drawn I don't I mean Erica I she's my homer pick right she's from Toronto like she I I want her to go all the way but uh you know I just didn't understand why they're so aligned with Sydney and not Erica and, and it's just because we haven't spent any time with them yeah, unforced error is the exact right word for it, Jason. Just, uh, you know, throwing out a name when you absolutely didn't need to. And, I mean, to your point, JD, she doesn't know where she stands with her tribe. And as we go to immunity challenge, the idea of throwing the challenge is still hanging in the air. As they walk in, Jeff is rocking some tight rolled sleeves. I don't know if you guys noticed this. <laughs> But Jeff Probst's pandemic guns were out. It looked like he had been lifting for like five months straight. He's like, I am jacking up the shirt on this. He was showing the biceps. Full biceps. We're unsure at this point if Luvu is actually going to go through with trying to throw this challenge. Danny said it was a sin to him to even consider it. But right away, they tell us basically, yeah, we're throwing this challenge. And I thought this was great, too. Deshaun and Danny narrating how they're trying to throw the challenge while we are watching the challenge. 
unfortunately, does not go to plan for Danny and Deshaun. At one point, Deshaun is, instead of untying the knots on his bag, he was retying the knots on his bag. I, I don't know. When I was watching that, I was thinking, would I know if somebody was tying knots or untying knots? You know, like if I'm in my own world, I'm trying to get my knots as untied as quickly as I can. If I see somebody messing with it, I'm not going to be like, hey, those are going the wrong way. But I mean, maybe he's going in, out, in, out, in, out. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I thought this was great. JD, did you like the uh, the narration of what they were trying to pull off? Yeah, I did like it. I I'd, I was trying to remember if we've seen this before, an actual sort of confessionals happening during an immunity challenge. I, I'm sure it's happened, but maybe maybe not. It was it just felt so natural, especially given the circumstances that they were, you know, telling us what they were trying to do while they were doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. And uh, again, I will just uh, you know point out the Yase tribe uh, who were you know, patting themselves on the back pretty heavy over there with the turtles, you know. Uh, That's right, they, they were. They barely made it through. <laughs> and Barely. Yeah, I mean, Evie uh, swimming in the opposite what? direction was, was beautiful to Ow. see. An underrated part of that is that you could stand. You could, where she was, you could, everybody else was standing. So I didn't understand why she was swimming at all. But uh, wow, it's just. She, uh, I, I think that I think she was influenced by the turtles. She heard the call of the sea as the baby <laughs> turtles had, and she wanted to join them. She was caught up in the spirit of the circle of life and this the generations of turtles coming into the world and and fighting for their lives to crawl back to the sea. And that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to join. <laughs> the wildlife aquatic and swim out to sea. That was so funny. <laughs> that was awesome. And that was the first part of the reason why, Lu- why Luvu's plan to throw the challenge didn't work because Yase was so far behind that they couldn't even throw the early part of the challenge. But eventually, as it happens, Yase kind of catches up and they get to the part of the challenge where you have to push like large wooden logs through a path, a little bit of a shoot. It looks tough for, yeah. I don't know, it looks for, tough for the, not for the blue tribe, because the other tribes are like using their full bodies to push. Yeah. Looks crazy to me. Meanwhile, Danny just using one arm pushing it. He says he's pushing <laughs> as soft as he can. But unfortunately for Danny and Deshaun, they fucked around and turned Nasir into a straight up challenge beast. Don't do that. The guy was dominating. I think he could have completed that entire thing by himself. If you flip the switch on Nasir, you won't be able to turn him off. He, it was like, uh, I wanted to put the curbed uh, your enthusiasm theme over that when Danny and Nasir were doing it together. And Danny was just trying to lightly push it. And Nasir is like, one, two, three, boom! And he's just like <laughs> barbarianing that shit down the chute. And Danny was just like, with each push, Danny is getting more crestfallen, <laughs> more sad because he realizes there's no way he's going to be able to overcome Nasir beast moding this shit. It was every like reaction so shot of Danny and Deshaun just like completely dumbfounded at what's happening. Like <laughs> watching Evie swim the wrong way, or watching how Nasir is pushing these things through, and they're like, 
This is <laughs> this unbelievable year. to me how my, how poorly this plan is going. It is it is actually a testament to how physically dominant they are that they are out here actually trying to throw it and they can't. They can't fully yeah. throw it. And again, I say again, fatal mistake not throwing Heather into the mix mm-hmm. and just letting nature take its course. Put her back <laughs> in the saddle and pitch it to her as, hey, this will be great. You get right back on and prove to people, blah, blah, blah. They should have done that if they wanted to throw it. They needed to do that, and they didn't. And that is why they failed. To fail. I loved how almost diplomatic Nasir was about taking over as well, right? Because he just kind of gets in there, and he's pushing the the the, the logs uh, but then when we get to the ring toss and Deshaun is just hogging it and he's just shitting the bed on purpose, obviously. But luckily for Nasir, I guess, an errant ring just sort of just sort of goes away. It, it sort of rolls out of out of the frame. And then and then Nasir just steps in like it, he doesn't yeah, even just, have to say anything. And then, of course, Deshaun can't say anything like he and it was so. Like there was no ill will, no like so politically correct of him, and like he just jumped in and took over, and uh, and he he was the hero of it, and even Deshaun in his confessional was like, oh, it was, I felt really happy for him, even though he completely screwed up our plans, you know. <laughs> It, was great. it definitely felt like uh, like an 80s sports movie sort of yes. beat to it where you're like suddenly the 12th man on the team is the best player and for 12 straight minutes he's completely unstoppable and you ask him what happened in the end he's like I don't know I blacked out and it <laughs> just happened but they pull off the win because not only did Evie swim the wrong way not only did Nasir beast his way through the blocks when it comes down to the ring toss it comes down to Ua, the green uh. tribe, with JD tossing his rings, and Nasir for the blue tribe, Luvu, tossing his rings. They get close. They're both two rings on. The music cuts out. That's when you know this thing is over. JD reaches. He tosses. He yells, money! <laughs> Cut to the thing. Dunk! And it falls <laughs> off. The music kicks back in. Nasir takes a toss, and he drains it. This was a swaggy P moment. Oh, in yeah. Survivor. Straight up, arms up, money. Taking the L. Jason, how hard were you laughing when this went down? Oh, well, first of all, I was just in awe of the edit. You mentioned it. We are so used to it's so hard for Survivor to throw you off. Uh, with an edit because we're so used to the rhythms of the challenges, especially when mm-hmm. they get down to that fu- you know last two contestants, last two tribes, and you know if they hold for a long time on one person, they're about to cut to the winner, and they faked me out. I thought I thought JD was going to drain it, and it was absolutely beautiful to bring the music back. I was crying jd has (laughs) jd has spit in the face of the survivor gods numerous times in his short survivor lifespan this being what calling your shot and missing giving away an advantage or an idol more than one like it, it just in this episode he did it twice and it was it was i felt bad for the for the guy yeah but it was delicious and again 
like big hand to the uh, survivor editors because this was so well paced. It threw me. What do you think, JD? Yeah, I totally agree. I was faked out as well. I was, uh, I was, I was actually kind of. I, you know, I'm rooting for Nasir, but all, the whole cast is likable. Uh, but JD, I thought finally he's gonna have his Aussie moment, or you know, he's finally gonna come through. And nope, calls a shot, and uh, you know, and I thought uh, Shen's comment after oh like goodness. may as well have sh- shouted tribal. I mean, that was yeah, yeah chef's kiss on the whole thing like perfectly punctuated um yeah it was uh it was it was something to see for sure an iconic moment uh calling money missing it and then cutting to shan's legendary confessional where she calls him out for trying to be alan iverson in challenges which i thought was hilarious if they cut it there i was like okay Okay, funny already but then when she says he shouted money. He should have shouted tribal because that's where we're going. My biggest regret right now is that I'm not playing enough pickup basketball because guaranteed I would be yelling tribal on game-winning shots that are inevitably bricks. I know I would be the guy. Like last week I was saying, we need to have more trash talk at challenges. Literally last week, I would be JD. Money! And then completely missing it. Uh, it was too, too good. Can I ask you all something? I was a little confused at the strategy here, so... If you get two rings on the same peg, why do you keep going for that peg? There's less space on less the on the area. pole on the surface. Yeah, surface area in the pole for you to hang the ring on. It seemed to me a mistake to not shoot for one of the outside pegs. That's oh, just totally. Me. I agree. And in fact, I, I thought that they had to. They it, it was insinuated that they had to get it on every peg. I thought uh, when they when they. when they demonstrated what the the challenge was but yeah totally agree the only thing that i would say is maybe well i got it on that one i might as well muscle memory will will you know aim it there again but uh yeah uh, very strange strategy i think yeah i actually liked uh nasir's final make i thought was kind of interesting because he got it on like the outside peg and it kind of like swoop slid all the way around there like he fucking buried that shot that was like a deep bomb from three not bad from nasir so we go back home with the ua tribe and they're talking strategy about who they want to vote out genie wants to roll her shot in the dark die interesting we might finally get to see this thing played exciting however jd doesn't want her to play the shot in the dark die because he might be on the chopping block so he goes and has a little chat with his number one, Shan. They've bonded now. They have completely smoothed over their trust issues. But Shan gives him a crazy pitch saying, basically giving him the, the game plan for voting her out. Saying, here's what you should be doing. I'm scared you're going to do it. Now right. give me your extra vote to prove to me you're not going to do that. And he does it. He gave the extra vote to Shan again to lock it in. Jason, at this point, he's already said, you're not getting a second chance. And we just saw him give her a second chance to vote him out with his extra vote. What were you thinking now? I couldn't believe it. Again, Shades of Eric, Shades of the Black Widows. It it was so obviously a bad idea. It's never... If someone wants you to hand over your advantage or idol, it's never good. Ever. 
Ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And I feel like, you know, it's easy to say from, you know, from the comfort of my home couch that the second someone said that, pitched that to me, I would have said, ah, I understand now that I'm that you are gunning to get me out and I see what is happening here. I get it. But uh, it just a shock. And, and honestly, first of all, an iconic survivor moment. I think it was one of those moments that you're watching it. And I was thinking, we'll see this on the compilation reels on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. This will come up again. This will be a thing that people will reference. People will talk about this. You have entered survivor lore, JD, in the yeah. way that you were specifically trying not to enter survivor lore. You have done it. And with that came, I I honestly feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for him. Because it's so clear how much he wanted this, how much Survivor means to him, how I think a lot of his gameplay can be chalked up to, I'm trying to impress these people that I'm hanging out with, you know? And I think that it just backfired on him. and And I feel bad for him in that sense. It is a classic Survivor moment, though. He is going to just be haunted by <laughs> by hearing that song. Because imagine, like, he's not hearing that, obviously, until he watches the episode just like anybody yeah. else last night. Uh, Shan in her confessional singing the Shantham, her villain yes. anthem. And, I mean, I, JD's just not going to be able to listen to anybody humming. Because <laughs> they go to tribal council very soon after. Shan kicks it off by mentioning that they're all burping and farting on each other. And then almost like looks around at everybody so that they have to confess to Jeff that, yeah, we have been burping and farting on each other. She's like, you did. You did. You did. I hear it at night. Don't try and act like you're not farting out there. (laughs) I was like, this is an interesting start to tribal council. This is not exactly what I'm talking about when I want more tribe life, but I'm glad to hear that there are bodily functions out there. Yeah, I'm glad that's, it seems like that's healthy, you know, that's healthy. I'd be concerned if Mm -hmm. it wasn't happening, if people weren't. Burping and farting. I think then there'd be uh, other issues at play, but it's good to hear that. Yeah. So Jeannie is very scared at this point. She tells Jeff she's playing from the bottom. She feels like she's going to be getting voted out and maybe she does want to roll her shot in the dark die. Still waiting to see that played. But JD reassures her, just do what we're supposed to do. And then looks at Shannon Ricard and drops a massive <laughs> wink. Is he the, is like he the least perfectly can- placed wink? He might be the least convincing person ever if he was trying to pitch you on a thing and try to bluff you because it's – J.D., it's not happening. Like, it, it, I, whatever you were telling me to do, I think I'll do the opposite because I just literally watched you wink it to other people. Very obviously. Yeah, he's an obvious winker. You saw a lot of Agatha all along memes uh, yeah. last night in the Survivor community. J.D., did you think – that it was going to be Jeannie. Did you think it was going to be JD at this point? I a hundred percent thought it was going to be Jeannie. I, in fact, I, I felt like Jeff was saying, roll the dice, do it, roll it. Like he was almost trying to convince her to do it probably because he just wants to see it happen on the, on the show. But, uh, uh, Jeannie's, uh, fear, uh, anxiety was palpable, um, I was, I was kind of shocked that, uh, that Shen, uh, turned on JD, I guess, because, you know, he's, he will literally do anything that he, she tells him to do. So, uh, you know, why get rid of that? But then again, Jeannie now is in her, in her back pocket and, uh, I'm sure feels grateful and, you know, 
JD is he is so aware that he is on the show of Survivor and True. I find that uh don't get me wrong I love the guy but I find that a lot of the times that he's talking one-on-one to people or even in his confessional or in any situation it he is so aware that he's on TV and he's a lot of what he says comes off as disingenuous a lot of the time the only time of real humility we saw was when he actually got busted with the his vote sticking out of his pants um but and i think that was ultimately his <laughs> downfall dangling <laughs> i mean that wink I think you're totally right i re uh, i was reading his exit interview today and they you know, they asked him basically like, how did you feel about how you played the game? And within the first two lines of his answer was, well, I got a lot of screen time. So it went great from that standpoint. So I kind of feel like you're right. He was out there to make a name for himself. And he certainly did because they go to tally the votes. Jeff comes back one for Jeannie and the next three for JD. He stands up crushed, blindsided. Any particular reason? <laughs> ooh, ooh, a tough way to go out. They just hit him with, I love you. See you later, JD. Jason, do you think this was the right choice, getting rid of JD over Genie? Because eh, it could have gone either way when they were coming I, into Yeah, tribal. it could have gone either way. But ultimately, I think that you could certainly make the case that, okay, JD is a meat shield. Keep him around. But... I feel like Jeannie one is so isolated that I'll take my chances with her who's kind of proven to not be able to one, read people accurately and two, build the bridges that she needs to, to be able to move forward. And three is kind of beholden to us now. She kind of needs us. And as we go forward with numbers, you know, certainly if I'm Shan, I'm thinking Jeannie's number one target is Ricard, not me. Ricard is the one who can't stop bringing up the vote. He's sure. always talking about it. He's made it clear that it's a, 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 a hair in the ointment for him. And so if I'm Jeannie, maybe I'm going for him first. And, you know, furthermore, I just kind of feel like if you give your advantage to someone twice, you deserve to go home. No ifs, ands, or buts. No matter what the strategy is, time to go. You can't yeah. play like that. You got to go. And so yeah. I do think it was the right decision, although obviously I think you can make arguments either way. Yeah, once uh, once JD gave the vote for the second time, it was like, Shan had to be thinking, it's not coming a third time. Like, I mean, yeah. come on, it's not going to happen a third time. What do you think, JD? Was this the right choice, booting JD over Jeannie? Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, he's he, he comes across as very disingenuous, but on the absolute flip side when uh genie uh she she started choking up when she was talking when she thought she was getting voted out and she was talking about the but what she would miss most on the island and she actually started crying i bought that a hundred percent so the obviously there is a bond there at least from mm -hmm. from genie's perspective you know so i think that the three of them if they can stay together going into a merge can be a very powerful uh trio trio because JD has, uh, I feel like he would f he would abandon them immediately during a, a for a you merge. You think he's and I more think likely that... to flip than Jeannie would be? Oh, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, Jeannie or JD is obviously very. He was obviously very. He thought he was tight with Shan. You know, he was willing to do whatever. Whereas Jeannie and Ricard, obviously, they have a beef. I don't know. This 
threesome to me doesn't seem like they're going to last very long together through the merge, whether it be Jeannie flipping because she's been on the bottom with these two the whole time, or Shannon and Ricard kind of looking at each other and saying, I can't win if this is the person next to me because we've been together for the whole time. I think Ricard would certainly say that, and he seems like a guy who would be ready to flip. But yeah. I guess we shall see soon. The other question I got for you, JD, as soon as he is he's voted out, he has a nice confessional uh, or his post vote off. He's very bummed, but he's happy to have uh, played the game of Survivor. Very excited. And at least his hair looked good, <laughs> which, you know, I thought it did. I thought he looked very cool. Absolutely. Do you want to see JD back sometime? Because I think he'll be back. Oh yeah! I, if there's a se- if they do a second chances type of uh, of of uh, season, I absolutely. I mean, it, if anyone deserves a second chance, it's him. I would love to see a reinvented JD, somebody who's learned from all of the mistakes, and I, you know, pound for pound, probably the most mistakes made, maybe <laughs> out of a contestant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm trying. I'm. There's there's been some doozies absolutely, but just just like uh, his his inability to really shine at challenges, his giving away not one but two advantages <laughs> to the same person, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's he's up there for somebody who ju- is just ripe for redemption. You know, go out, live live a few years out in the real world, come back and and. He would just be chomping at the bit. I think it would be television gold. So absolutely bring him back, Jeff. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the player he reminds me so much of is actually Coach, where I'm like, he's oh, talking a big game and, you know, like he has all of these stories and all this stuff that he thinks is really cool. And then like he kind of doesn't do much in challenges and comes up a little bit short here and there, but he's always talking a big game. And Coach has been great like every time that he's been on. So I would love to see him come back. What about you, Jason? You, uh, you want to see JD again? I'd love to see him come back. He reminded me of uh, of Spencer um, mm-hmm. from uh, Second Chances and what I from now I'm forgetting what his first season was. Both yeah. with Cass, with Chaos Cast, Brain, Brawn, and uh, Brain. Yeah, that was it. That's it. Yeah, because he came in much like JD, very confident in his own intellect and in his own knowledge of the show, and then quickly found himself trucked by events and then i think really learned from those things and came back and get, and and was a real player in in second chance where he realized okay i've got to build bonds with people i i can't just be out here acting like i'm the smartest because that's no way to play the game i'm not going to be able to move forward if i don't have true allies and if not trying to uh, work out situations that work both for me and the ally that i'm that i'm working with and so I think that JD, if he gets in the lab, gets in that film room, scrubs this tape, <laughs> I think he can come back and be a real player. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Just got to put in the reps a few times. Give it five years. Come back with a little bit of perspective five years later. Uh, the other question that I got for y'all, where do you put this on the all-time rankings? I mean, you don't have to rank them. Where do you like kind of put this as a level of botches, right? Like you've mentioned, uh, Jason, this is very similar to the Black Widow Brigade getting Eric to give up his immunity necklace and then voting him out. The stakes were a lot higher at this point. You know, we're like four episodes in here. So does that factor into your ranking at all? It does, because you have the benefit of having seen all those things. Like, it, it, it was not 
a gaff in the same magnitude as Eric and some of those other things, but you shouldn't, you just should know better. Yeah, you should, you should know, know better. better. It's certainly one of the worst in recent memory and in recent seasons. Because, listen, again, as a student of the game, don't give it up. Don't give it up. I think of I think of Ty uh, resisting Culpepper when Culpepper was like, you will give me, you will give it to me. <laughs> and he didn't because he uh-uh. understands yeah. the game and did refuse to do it and then successfully flipped that on Brad. Like, hey, you're bullying me into giving up my thing. Like... There's ways to do it. There were moves to be made, and he didn't take any of those moves, and it was a, it was a bad, bad mistake. Should have known better. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, comparisons for him to Tyson as well, voting himself out early in the game, and then you know eventually coming back and kind of putting his place uh, in the names of the Survivor Legends. Eventually, we're gonna be putting our names into the books of Survivor Legends as well. But first, we're gonna take a quick break and answer some questions when we come back. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Back with no buffs. Gonna read some tree mail here. Got a few questions. Y'all been so good. Sending them in. Tweet them to us at no dunks or email us no dunks at the athletic. Throw no buffs in the headline or the subject line, whatever you call that thing. Emails, right? <laughs> whatever they are, send it into us. We'll answer it. Our first one. Hey, y'all. I agree with you guys that breaking the fourth wall thing isn't really working this season. Is there something along those lines that you would like to see, though? I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff be briefed by the producers ahead of Tribal Council to see how they decide what they're going to focus on based on the info they have. Cheers, Steve. P.S. As an Australian, I know I definitely didn't pull off that y'all. 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Lee Ellis say y'all now that you're mm. mentioning it, Steve, but y'all's more of a state of mind, and I think it was good. So <laughs> what do you guys think? Is there anything you would like to see along the lines of the behind-the-scenes stuff? Because we didn't get any fourth wall breaking, I don't think, from Jeff in this episode. JD, I'll start with you. Is there anything along those lines you'd like to see? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I kind of joked about it. Well, I was joking about it before. Uh, is it? in that I wanted to see Jeff in his sort of Plutarch Heavensby role in the, in the game makers sort of uh, control room completely removed from the Island. But I, I, I think I kind of would like to see that. Uh, I watched uh, the first episode of John Stewart's new show and his call, the first cold open. I don't know if he does this every time, but it's the writer's room basically. And they were sitting around and just pitching ideas of what they could do. I don't think that's a bad idea for Survivor. I would love to see that in like a tent, in a MASH style tent, you know, uh, with a whiteboard just throwing stuff up against the wall. Uh, Mike White in the corner. Is it fun? Is it fun? You know, uh, <laughs> with that being the mantra. I mean, I, if we're they're going to show us behind the scenes, let's see some behind the scenes. I mean, one of the I mean, I hate to see anybody injured on the show, but I always love it when Dr. Joe but. shows up. Right. <laughs> right. But, but, it, but, you, but you do get to see uh, a little bit uh, a peek behind the curtain, you know, uh, uh, at uh, the the boats uh, uh, yeah. coming in and the, the helicopters and drones and stuff. I mean, as a production geek, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think if they're gonna go for it, just go for it. My other pitch to to Jeff, and this is super cheesy, but uh, you know, if he's gonna address us. Do it from his living room, like fireside chat, you know, like oh, wow. as he's watching the show with us, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, oh, I remember this. I mean, they do it on the finale or sure. you know, every time he's like, oh, watch this thing that's coming up. It's going to blow your mind or whatever. Uh, so that kind of thing, I think, uh, would 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 be kind of cool. I mean, like, take the big swings. You might as well. What about you, Jason? You like the idea of a TMZ style pitch meeting for the Survivor <laughs> Tribal Council? Um, that I've that is not so much for me. The thing that I have always wanted from Survivor, and because I feel that the show is leaving a lot of content on the table, is something like. Uh, as a former Big Brother fan, something like uh, the Big Brother After Dark material mm-hmm. that they would mm-hmm. have. I believe it was on Showtime and now they have it somewhere else, but they would open the feeds for like three hours and just kind of, you know, flip through what was going on in the house, even if it's just people like hanging out in the in the pool and not saying anything just so you could just kind of flip through and and, and catch the vibe and see what's going on. I think something like that obviously more more curated, um, but just something to give us a feel for what downtime on the island is like. I, I, I would crave that. I would, I would really like something like that. Of course, the, the Ponderosa stuff is already out there if you want to go look for it, but something that just gives you a, a, a feel for, you know, what a random, what an average afternoon on the island is after a challenge yeah. or when a challenge is in two days and you're just kind of sitting around, what are you talking about? What are they doing? Um, I think I think the fan base would eat that up. I know I would certainly watch it. Yeah, definitely. It uh, builds such a connection to the characters. Yeah, yeah exactly. I would, I would 100% watch a full hour of 
Ponderosa, like in a Big Brother style, hanging out at Ponderosa with the people who were voted off. You know, I I love the Ponderosa uh, segments and that we get after the merge, uh, just hanging out with the, the people voted out when they, they arrive. There's all, you know, one person just keeps showing up every episode <laughs> and it's just like, they're filthy. They're like, Oh, it's you, JT. <laughs> You're so dirty. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that stuff. Uh, I'm with Heidi. Give us some two hour episodes. Absolutely. Come on, Jeff. We got enough content for it. One yeah. hour a week. Not nearly enough. We got one more question. This one came from Javante Music early on, but it can be hard to keep track of these YouTube comments. So here's the question <laughs> from Javante. Would you make it to the merge? I'd like to think I would. But I don't know. You got to make it to the merge to be a real Survivor player, though I will say. Beef Walton, we're going to remember him. JD, (laughs) we're going to remember him. Neither of them made the merge. Jason, you think you'd make the merge if you were on Survivor? Listen, luck is a huge part of this. Who you're on a tribe with, what happens uh, with that tribe. A lot of that is out of your control. But I feel like I could make the merge. I feel like I could do it. Yeah. I'll say that with my full chest. Yeah, I could make yeah. the merge. I think I, I think I could make the merge, maybe. You got to have a little bit more confidence, man. Come on. You would win some people over there. You only got to, I don't know, how many votes you maybe got to go through? Three votes? You can get by on three votes, I think. I think I could do it. Yeah, you're a charming guy. JD, I think I'd be a little bit more worried for you. No offense. You think how you can make it to the merge? Very well. I'm just, I, just messing with you. <laughs> I think that I'm either voted off first or I'm going deep. Like, I think it's one or the other. If I can make it through that first tribal council, I think I'll be all right. And I, yeah. the re- really what I think it's going to be is if I can last for two days and I get a I get sort of acclimated to the hunger, to the bugs and all of that stuff. If I could just make that first 48 hours, then I think I'd be fine because then I can, uh, you know, play the diplomatic game. Uh, So, yes, I think I could make it to the merge if I made it past that first vote. Oh, that first vote would be so nerve wracking. I'm sure that that's why some of the Luvu tribe is like, we haven't even really started yet. Haven't had to have those nerves of actually writing a name down, but we appreciate your press, your questions. Keep them coming in at no dunks, Inc. No dunks at the athletic.com. Shoot us an email. Let's take a look ahead at next week's survivor. Got a couple of little interesting things that look like they will probably actually play out. Uh, come next episode. Genie, finds the beware advantage according to next week's tease which i think must be beef waltons which was replanted and also yasa searches through xander's bag i went through the game within a game this week to make sure i know what's going on for next week and we're getting some bag searching Hmm. do you think that that's a cool thing would you search through somebody's bag jason on survivor i might yeah i might you have to you have to prepare you have to do it you can't just go it alone and search it. It has to be a thing where somebody says we should search their bag and then you kind of come to an agreement. You have to be complicit with other people in that because it will gain you a reputation. But it, in the right circumstances, I'd search someone's bag for sure. I, I'm curious what they're searching for because as yeah. I remember, Evie knows everything already, right? She already knows about the two advantages that he has. So is it possible that he has found another a third advantage that would be crazy but uh 
Yeah, I'm, this I'm, must be a Tiffany-led plan because remember how paranoid she was yeah. about him maybe actually being able to play something during the Voce vote. So she's probably still got the idea in her mind. He's got some other advantage that we're going to need to find out. The other question Jeff had, JD, is if you found an advantage, if you found an immunity idol, would you put it in your bag or would you hide it somewhere? So let's say you found something. What are you doing with that very valuable piece of whatever that you don't want anybody else to know about? Oh, it's going in my ass. A hundred percent. Right up there. <laughs> now, I think <laughs> the old prison wallet. Uh, the um, I, I think I would actually put it in my bag because I wouldn't I wouldn't trust myself. I don't think I would. Uh, I, I think I'd lose it. I think I would be like, I don't know. Where did I where did I bury this thing? And that would be that would go down as a. You know, all timer. Has anyone ever just done bury that? it, bury it and lose it? I mean, bury it's... it and forget about it. Wow, yeah. that would be funny. Somebody yeah. finds it like three seasons later. Yeah, this is it. No, this is Brad's. <laughs> what about J- Jason? What are you doing with your uh, your hidden thing? How are you I hiding? Might, it? I might, I might, I uh, might bend it and put it in my boot. I've been walking around with this in my boot all day. There you go. Uh, or, but it's definitely not in the bag because, as we've seen on Survivor, the bags are uh, free for people to rifle through. Mm. And at some point, you're going to forget it. And you can't take it everywhere because that looks Mm-mm. like a suspicious person taking their bag everywhere. So I'd probably either stick it in my shoe, uh, in my prison wallet, or most likely I would bury <laughs> it someplace. Man, that's a great point about the boots, because honestly, like, I think about all the time, literally all the time when I'm watching Survivor, what would I wear? What would I want to wear when I'm out there? And one of the questions is, like, shoes. Like, I don't know, Xander's been wearing, like, off-white Nikes. I remember Rodney had a pair of, like... Coke white Air Jordan ones that he played in. Sneakers to me don't seem like the greatest idea, but man, a boot that you can hide something in, that's actually like a valuable piece of clothing. I think that's a pretty smart idea. Well, totally, but you don't really, I mean, it's your wardrobe, but you send a whole bunch of stuff and they pick it for you, right? So, I mean, you just, you only send cowboy boots. That's it. Like, here are my eight pairs of boots. (laughs) I just love cowboy boots. Everything with false bottom with, like, false heels that flip down. There's, like, a little thing in there. Right now, I can't stop thinking about uh, Probst saying, all right, if anybody has an advantage, now is the time to do it. And then JD standing up and going, yeah, I got something. Hold on. <laughs> it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a second. Hold on. And they're just like Don't look at me. Don't crouching look at me. there like this while the survivor music is pumping and everybody's like. <laughs> and then Jeff taking yeah. it and then being like. This is. (laughs) Could go poorly, though. You could end up being the worst evacuation since Bruce ate too much. (laughs) That is very JD had to be evacuated. Why? Too many steaks? No, No. he shoved his immunity idol up his ass. (laughs) You know, too many beads, it turned out. Anyways, we've got a great episode coming up next week. Uh, I think we're all in agreement. When our, uh, Shan, player of the episode, yep. seems to be driving. Uh, how about on the other tribes? Who do you like from the yellow tribe? Who do you like from the blue tribe? JD, I'll start with you. 
Well, uh, yellow is uh, is uh, Xander. I and I, I, but I will say that Tiffany is really growing on me. I I do feel bad for. I kind of dunked on her, like I said, uh, but she seems to be coming into her own, and uh, and uh, she's just growing on me. And I, she's likable, really, really likable. Yeah. And I'll also, well, this is. I'm literally. What about this guy? What about that guy? Yeah. Uh, Leanna. <laughs> destroyed that re- yeah. Yeah, the the um the reward challenge so a lot of likable people but i still think that uh if xander can just get that uh, immunity uh activated i think he's unstoppable in this game so yeah uh, xander then uh blue i it seems like uh deshaun is the guy that's calling the shots over there i mm. mean so eh, we'll see we'll see who do you think's driving Jay- uh jason uh, well, obviously, Shan uh, is kind of running the game right now. And then from Yellow Tribe, I agree with JD. Um, a special consideration for Liana, who absolutely crushed that challenge. That was like a whoa yeah. moment. Let's let's turn her loose and let her uh, get loose in those challenges. That was super, super impressive. I could see... I could see Tiffany going home sometime soon from from that tribe. Uh, it's just a lot to deal with, and I don't know if you can necessarily predict what she'll do next. And then Blue Tribe, you know, again, I, um, I, I was really, I, I thought Danny's moment with Heather was a great. It was both a great human moment that let you know mm-hmm. that this is a nice, cool guy who's not just crushing it at challenges and one of the one of the best physical, you know, most impressive physical threats currently in the game and maybe in the game in, a, in recent memory, but also, like, that was a great game move. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that is a move that will stick in people's minds. So I think that's a move that says, here's a person maybe I could work with and it, if, if things shake out this, the right way. So I was really impressed with him this, this week. Yeah, I thought it was a great episode for Danny. Not only did he have the bonding moment with Heather after she failed, like you're saying, which was great, but I think even kind of going against his personal instinct and being willing to throw the challenge, like, I mean, Deshaun's got to trust him 100% if he doesn't already. Like, the guy's going to do what he can to improve where he's standing in the tribe. And I feel like sometimes with the professional athletes, they just want to get by on the physical stuff. And that, to me, seems like Danny has realize like, yeah, I'm going to be the best physical guy out here, but I got to play the rest of the game as well. So I thought a great episode for him. 100%. But we will be back tomorrow with some basketball content on No Dunks. Go and check that out. Part five of our NBA season preview. What you got coming up, Jason? Uh, well, mostly that the Knicks are back. It's a thing. Again, I know I mentioned it last episode. People have been talking about it. They've been saying uh, the Knicks are back. You walk around the streets and you can hear that people actually saying it. The Knicks are back. So that's what I've got going on. The Knicks are back. And I've just been thinking about it and talking about it with people as you do. October 28th, Bulls versus Knicks. That's two weeks from today. We might just have to go straight from from stream to stream here. (laughs) Streaming like crazy, but thank you to everybody on the live tribe who joined us here on YouTube. Thanks to everybody who subscribes. Get your reviews in. Send us some emails. Send us some tweets. Like I said, No Dunks is back tomorrow. No Buffs is back next Thursday. Until then, the tribe has spoken. Mm -hmm.